Morning, folks. Oh, Vanilla Wealth Coffee Chat. A few, uh, few early birds already on. While things are warming up, I'll do the quick hellos. Morning, Alison. Always good to see you on in the mornings, Deb. And uh, a couple of keen beans as well in the uh, Facebook land. Welcome to the Friday Wealth Coffee Chat, Friday, as they say. Hey, today we're going to do part two. Yesterday I talked about the idea of, you know, increasing our rents and how we could do something to them or to our properties or get on top of things, a small amount of money to get a larger return. We talked about yesterday getting 50% cash on cash return uh, by doing something to our properties. So today we're going to dive deeper into the short-term letting world, Airbnb, you know, stays, whatever. We've got a, we've got a guest on. In a, uh, to, uh, well, in a minute. So hang around. Make sure you you do the do. We've got uh, our good friend Cash Ostead from the property management team at Positive and R and W. He'll be on in a second when we get things warmed up. Big hello to Bryce, Kevin, all the way from Florida. Good to see you, mate. Uh, Sonia, Jeff, a few people in the house. Good to see you. Hey, listen. The idea at some point we would like to get our incomes up and accelerating is a good one, right? Um, And uh, why is that so? Well, you know, at the end of the day, folks, for all of us, what are we going to, what's the major goal? Put this in the chat for me right now. For you as a property investor, yes, capital growth is excellent. We're happy to get, receive capital growth. Um, But really, at the end of the day, what's the point? What's the financial outcome that we want from our real estate when, um, you know, into the future? Capital growth is great. Uh, You can't necessarily eat it, use it to buy you a coffee. What do you want? What sort of thing do you want from your properties? Put that in the chat for me. Because for most of us, the point of owning real estate is to create a waiting drum roll. I think I've got some uh, sound effects around here somewhere. Let me see. Drum roll. Anybody? Anybody? All right. There's a delay. Let's let's see as we go. We want cash flow, right? We want positive cash flow. We want passive income. We want our properties to create. There we go. Sonia's on it. <laughs> Sonia's the winner. Go, Sonia. We want capital growth with a good, healthy dusting of cash flow, you know, and uh, Alison, you know, cash flow in acquisitions. Exactly. The point in acquisition stage is that your property returns its deposit so you can use it on another property. That is for sure. In the acquisition stage, you've already got. You've already got an income. Well, you should have because you won't get a loan if you don't. You need a job or you need something creating income. But later on, we want income from our real estate. End of story. That's what we want. And, you know, as we go, folks, um, how can we accelerate our income? What can we do? So if we're looking at our properties, and let's say you guys have seen this little calculator before, before our little passive income calculator, and we're saying, all right, you know, look down the bottom here. We've got our few properties. We've, you know, done our thing in acquisition phase. You know, we've got our principal place of residence. We've got you know, three, four, five investment properties over a five, 10-year period, you know, and we're, we're aiming for $100,000 passive income. You can see it up here. You know, and we're like, oh, well, we're not quite there. We've got sort of 15 years in and, you know, 
growth has been fantastic. We've got capital growth. We're happy with that. Uh, but our cash flow is not quite there. What can we do to accelerate that cash flow? Um, and, uh, you know, this is a bit of a case study here, and Cass is going to come on in just a second, but I'm going to show you. You know, quite easily we can we could double our weekly income from short-term letting. And if you just change those two properties, let's say these two properties at the bottom were appropriate uh, for short-term letting. Let's say you had one in Brisbane and one in Melbourne, one in Perth, whatever it was, and you could short-term let those properties to accelerate your cash flow. You know, um, if you look up here, the passive income went from about $50,000 a year to about $160,000 a year uh, when it came to our passive income. So that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so how do we get there uh, and how do we uh, navigate? What's the practicalities? What can we start with? So let me bring on our guest this morning, uh, Cass. Here he is. Cass, mate, good good to have you on Wealth Coffee Chats, mate. Yeah, thank you. Morning, everyone. Mate, um, important. Have you got coffee or did I catch you on the hop and yeah, you didn't no, need no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need it. <laughs> Mate, uh, so uh, short-term letting, you've been in the world of property management for quite a while um, and uh, in the last year and a bit, we've been putting together the property management concept for our positive clients for short-term letting and we've had some excellent successes. But uh, yeah. can I get you to talk through with the folks today? Let's just, before we get into sort of detail, you know, um, what – what do you see as a kind of a, you know, a startup cost, you know, an expense and investment for uh, an Airbnb? So let's have a look at this. What's it going to take, you know, for number one, what's the dollars involved to turn your property from short term to long term if someone's thinking about it right now? Yeah, I think, look, it's it's good to note from the from the fundamental point of view that, you know, there's a lot of moving elements to, to short stays. Um, yep. I'd say the biggest investment, you know, you as the owner are going to make to obviously push forward with short stays going to be your furniture package. Yeah. Um, for a lot of clients we meet, um, you know, obviously we discuss whether it's an A-grade property or location and there's a lot of other moving, you know, elements to it. But the number one thing that might hold someone back could could be around the furniture investment um, and that can range from, you know, 15, 16 grand up to sort of, I've seen some packages that are at the 30K range, right? So, um, it's good to know that that's the investment you're going to put put through um, up yep. front to get this started, obviously. Um, I truly believe from the research we've done, the data we see, and then obviously experiencing it and seeing client success is that you don't want to cut corners. You want to do this the right way. Um, you, you, want a, you want a nice furniture pack. You don't want to end up, you know, yeah, with a problem, and, right? Yep. And, have a, and have a think about, Jace, like who, who's the actual guest staying in the property? Who, who are you trying to attract here? Because... No point. Uh, the best example I can give you is, you know, getting like a Hampton-style furniture package and putting it in an inner-city um, kind of apartment where it's more of an executive corporate professional, yeah. let's say. So just kind of understanding the demographics and who your guest is on top of that, yeah, sort of helps you, I suppose. Well, well that makes sense. Well, us in the chat, folks, if anyone stayed in an Airbnb and they're like, you know, um, Give us a yes in the chat away in the chat if you've stayed in a short And it's not necessarily Airbnb because that's just the, the most well known booking engine, really. You know, there's other there's other engines cast, right? There's um yeah. I don't know, stays and all sorts of, you know, um, yeah. other ones. <clears throat> but really let's let's sort of put this in 
because I can see three things that people got to think about before they get going. The cost of your furniture pack, right? So you got to get that done and you got to get it in there. Um, and if you are at a distance, someone's got to do it for you. So a, yeah. a property manager, that's not in the normal scope of a property manager. Um, so you've got to have someone who specializes in that or, or understands it. That's why you and the team have got a, like yeah. a, an actual department who, who does it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then the time frame, mate, um, you know, talk about that for folks yeah. listening in. Like people think, oh, I'll just I'll turn on Airbnb next week yeah. and it'll be sweet, right? So it yeah, does take we, time to run up to it. Yeah, we call it a bit of a ramp-up period and, you know, generally speaking, we, we say, look, let, let's just be smart about it and call it a two-month ramp-up period. Um, yeah. The two months is going to consist of obviously, you know, understanding that it takes two to three weeks of your furniture to, you know, get in the property to start with. But also once you do hit the market, you know, the likelihood of maybe getting that first reservation or booking, you know, someone moving in on the weekend is maybe not not as highly likely, right? So understanding that, again, understanding the guest who books in advance. So, again, just having buffers in place and, you know, I guess understanding that there is a ramp-up period. But, of course... And, and, um, and, and working with you guys, because you, you, sometimes you can try and, like, navigate that, you know, okay, in, in maybe three or four months' time, we're going to go from yeah. short-term to... to um, for long term to short term, yeah. and has kind of a, like a, a run up for it. So, like, have a strategy, have a conversation with your team, and get it organised in advance. But it's going to maybe take two months to get up to you yeah, know. Yeah, like, you yeah. got a long term tenancy in place. You know, most most states say you got to give two months notice. So, yeah. you know, obviously we, we meet that legislation requirement. But in the meantime, you know, the keys, how, how's a guest going to get in? Like all those, you know, get your photographer lined up. Start talking to furniture companies. Um, you know. Obviously, getting that appraisal done as well, and making sure you know what what you're in for and what yeah. the cash flow projections are. Yeah, and you know the third one here for me is like, um, it's not linear; it's lumpy, right? Mm-hmm. So, so folks listening in, like you know, regular long term rents, kind of like it's pretty consistent, you know. Other yeah. than someone not paying the rent, you know, you you yeah. know what you're going to get and when you're going to get it, and it's regular. You know, talk to us a little bit about the lumpiness of of um, you know short term income. Yeah, I think it's like two parts for me, Jason. It's like one, it's the operational stuff, right? Like, you know, we've gone through one at the moment where it's like we, we couldn't get access for the guests at the property, so we had to arrange a local keyness kind of option. So stuff like that. But then from a uh, cash flow point of view, which is what we're discussing today, is, you know, one month you could get six, seven grand in the bank and then the next month it's like two. Um, yeah. And so oh, we were that. So, yeah, yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll show something. I'll show a live example shortly, but I think, you know, it's it's good to to understand that it's not the five hundred bucks a week and coming in for fifty two weeks of the year, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, we got to understand there's peak periods. There's not. Sometimes they're based around events, like we've got Easter coming up in April, and we've seen obviously some good bookings around that time. Yeah, um, there's a bit more public holiday. So just just understanding again, you know, location and, and peak periods and things like that, so you can plan for the next twelve months. So we work really hard in understanding the comparable properties how they're performing because sometimes what you'll find guys is you know just because a property um is available for three months of the year it kind of um, strews the data a little bit like because it's like it's not available for 12 months of the year so the occupancy rate can be out so we just need to understand oh it's got a really high occupancy rate must be good but yeah. have a look at how long it's actually available for for the, across the 12 month period um and if we do that the right way jason not cut corners we follow the process we find we can actually give our clients a a more um, 
I guess, solid kind of cash flow projection over the next 12 months. So they can, we can go in with some confidence and, and know yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And be on it. All right. Well, let's have a look at that. I know like we've got live example right now, folks. Um, Cass yeah. and the team have been doing it for many, uh, many of our clients. And um, I called him this morning, caught him on the hop, gave Cass, I need you this morning. And he said, oh, literally, I'm sitting here doing one right now for a, for a, for a client. So um, <laughs> let's, let's throw over that. Let's have a look at sort of, yep, yep. you know, the comparable between short and long and talk us through it. Yeah. So hopefully that comes up, Jase. Share my screen. There it is, everyone. So we've got a bit of a, I guess, bit of tech, bit of software. Um, allows us to look at these comparable properties I was mentioning and have a look in, I guess, you know, for us as, as the agent, for you as the investor, making that decision, we want to make sure you're informed. We want to make sure you've got all the information on the table. So just to talk you through kind of what we deliver, I suppose, and the left-hand side is kind of the breakdown on annual net revenue. Yeah. So we're talking net figures. And what you'll see, um, I don't know, Jason, highlight, but in those bars there, you'll see on the bottom, we're working off a 59 to 68% occupancy rate. So, yeah, so so that's interesting. So when you're doing the quotes up, and I'll I'll write a bit of stuff down here for everyone, yeah, just kind yeah. of like you know, I think like people ask me, Jace, like, what's a good measurement? How how do I know that this is going to work or not? Like, yeah, what occupancy rates. Like to give you guys an idea, in Melbourne at the moment, occupancy rates are over eighty um, percent. I use that because this property I'm giving you guys is in Brunswick, uh, Melbourne. So yeah, wow. Occupancy rates in Melbourne are over eighty percent. You can see maybe I'm being a bit more conservative, but again understanding the comparables and how long or how much of they're available over a 12-month period. The occupancy well, I, rate I, think that's, I think that's good when it comes to like not going over the top. If it still yeah. works, is there kind of a like a rule of thumb here for you where it's going, if it still works at 60%, then, yeah. you know, let's give it a whirl? 70 to 70%, I know I'm yeah. in the game. I, I, know, yeah. I know my data is probably pretty accurate. Um, obviously, if I'm hitting 30 40%, then there's, there's two things. Either the, I've got to redo the data or the property's not maybe the right property for this particular strategy. And that's well, not every property is suited for it, right? Yeah. So, you know, some people go, let's do it on every property. It's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. this 70% gives me a good idea. I'm confident in this space. Um, of course, what we've seen, though, when I say 80% across Melbourne, like that's 45% up year on year, right, coming out of COVID. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, what we see here is that, okay, if we only achieve 68% occupancy across the 12-month period, Yep. In the long-term pool, now in this example, I might have to sort of go back and forth with these um, graphs, guys, but you'll see in the net revenue breakdown figure, LTR, so long-term rent, um, this property would rent $600 every day of the week on the long-term market. Yep. So on the left-hand side, that grey bar is representing, you know, about $28,000 long-term rent. But you can see based on a 68% occupancy rate, we're at, you know, pushing 50, 50 grand there. So, so, so that what what you're saying is like let let's call it sort of twenty eight to fifty, yeah. right? So that's kind of like a, a twenty two thousand dollar extra increase, yeah. right? So, um, and if we invested, folks, you know, let we did the numbers yesterday. If we invested, let's call it thirty k, you yeah. know, getting furniture and set up and whatever, like the return on that thirty k is pretty significant, right? We're talking, folks, we're talking sort of seventy plus percent cash on cash um, return in that first year over and above and plus uh, Cass or anyone listening in, when you have a furniture package, what else can you get like significantly in the first two years of a, of a um, 
with furniture. Folks, put that in the chat for me. Cass probably already knows, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think someone mentioned it yesterday too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Alison said it yesterday. Your depreciation, you can depreciate that furniture pack pretty well within the first two years. So you get an extra, yeah, boom, extra, like, yeah. extra depreciation, which is yeah. pretty significant, which is fantastic. So then if that's net revenue, net is in your pocket, folks. Net is in the pocket. Um, then, you know, that's pretty tidy, Cass. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll, you'll see from the net revenue breakdown, the, yeah. the top part there with the weekly revenue. So yeah. what we're saying here is $600, you know, even in the low season market, and you'll see the daily rates on the right-hand side there, the breakdown, you can see it's gone from, you know, we're, we're still up, even yeah. if we're operating at a 59% occupancy rate in this example. But you can see the, the benefits of the 68% occupancy rate, you know, basically more than double, right, your long-term weekly rent. So yeah. um, there's obviously some costs involved, management fees, some advertising, et cetera, as well on top of that. But you can see gross, uh, you know, vignette comparison long-term to short-term. And then you've got to take care of your costs and, and you know, probably a few other expenses as well. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. um, you know, the difference between and, um, you know, work, um, is, is pretty tidy. Yeah. I think as well, just to highlight on those daily rates, um, the, the forecast there, like um, reading, reading an article the other day, like again in Melbourne, 43% up year on year with what, we, what we're what we now seeing in the marketplace. And surprisingly enough, like this is a one-bedroom apartment, just to give everyone context, um, wow. almost, almost 80% of the short-term rental pool in Melbourne right now is um, two bedrooms or less. Yeah, Wow. Interestingly enough, I didn't realise it was that high, but that's what the data is suggesting. Um, there's obviously been some growth in, you know, four or five bedroom homes, of course. Yeah. Um, essentially, yeah, nearly 80% of Melbourne's STR stock is is one or two beds, which I found really interesting. So it's all pointing in the right direction. And um, I guess, you know, when you get the right furniture package, understand your guess, you do the, the numbers correctly. Um, the result for this one, folks, was that, with literally within the first 24 hours of this property launching live, we got a 29-night 29, 29 stay and that, Jason, was about four and a half net, four and a half grand net. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, that's kind of nice to get that out of the blocks, isn't it? You feel so, a bit yeah. good enough. So, you know, 6,600 a week, 2,400 a month. We've now gone to 4,500 in, in the first month and, you know, it, it sort of, outperforms even what the appraisal says. So it's really cool. There's some really cool stuff happening in the Melbourne market at the moment, which is great. So, you know, I mean, and um, I mean, that, that's great, Cass. We might just sort of leave it there. I mean, folks, if you want any more details, let us know, you know, about um, um, uh, having Cass and the team, you know, chat to you about that stuff. You, you know the drill. If you're in the positive crew, you've got Cass and his team on the six-star team, on your six-star team. But really, mate, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's plenty of um, – there's plenty of good things that that could be possible, you know. What what's a couple of downsides on this stuff for people so they don't go in with rose coloured glasses? Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. Look, what probably the one thing I would say to definitely at least have a conversation about with your professional agent or, or even check the research yourself is obviously there's there could be some council regulations in place um, yeah. if you are in a strata complex. Do check your bylaws because um, that can perhaps, you know, make it a little bit more challenging for you and your guests around um, access and what's allowed and, you know, amenities and just just bits and bobs like that. So, you know, we need to just understand what 
what kind of setup we, we do have to the marketplace as well. So that's, that's probably the biggest one is the, the regulation side of things. Yeah. Um, don't forget there's still compliance. It doesn't mean we don't do smoke alarms. It doesn't mean we do all the rest of those, those things. But yeah. probably, yeah, the biggest thing that I think the downside to it would be um, potential counsel and strata bylaws. So just check that first before you, yeah, before you move forward. But Yeah, anyway. and then um, the other one, uh, I mean, we've solved this now, but, you know, um, sometimes insurance is a little different and it might be a little bit more expensive, so you've got to get the right insurer yeah, as well. Like, so, um, yeah. our, our major partner we like to work with is two, obviously Terry Shearer that everyone probably knows about, um, and, yeah. and EBM Insurance as well do really good short-stay policies, so they're probably the two providers that we would yeah. recommend to clients. Um, if anyone wants a copy, I can more than happy to email that through. But, yeah, um, they're, they're pretty good, and it, it's actually um, – Surprising, not not too much more than the long term, actually. So, it's it's actually okay. Obviously, very state to state, but again, just you know, yeah, which is pretty sure. good. And, and you'd think, you know, like the short term letting um, businesses that carry their own sort of public liability for the tenant as well. So you know, so you, yeah. it's kind of a team effort, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Well, that's great, mate. We'll appreciate that. And listen, uh-huh. folks, um, where do you um, where do you do provide the service? It's Melbourne and Brisbane at the moment, right? Yeah, but you've got contacts if people want Met- somewhere else. Yeah, metropolitan Melbourne and Brisbane is where we operate at the moment. I've got yeah. a live visitor. Yeah, live visitor. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, just metropolitan um, Melbourne and Brisbane, Chase. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, that's it, folks. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Um, Cass, great to have you on this morning, mate. Thanks for uh, being a good sport and jumping on at short notice. Um, yeah, but uh, I think it's worth it. And maybe uh, what I might do is if you uh, – I might see if I could get you to do a – little bit of a uh, a recording and we'll whack it in the um the private mentoring group um and uh if anyone wants any more info about that we might you know do a coaching call on it or something like that so all right folks that's it wealth coffee chat done and dusted say a good uh say a thank you or a or a uh a, a cheers for cass in the chat wealth coffee chat done and dusted folks thanks mate i'll uh, i'll catch you a bit later and i'll uh, i'll finish up right here all right folks well that's it Thank you for joining me today. Remember, we do have these happening every day at about 10 past 8 and, um, and make sure you've got that in your diary. And, and this afternoon, uh, the, the hits just keep on rolling. We do have Wealth, Wine and Wisdom and I've got another special guest this afternoon as well. So if you're up for the, uh, the, the, double, the double whammy today, which is the coffee in the morning and a glass of vino in the evening, then uh, make sure you join me this afternoon for wealth, wine, and wisdom, folks. Uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be a cracker. All right, team, that's it. We are done and dusted for Wealth Coffee Chats. Over and out. You guys be awesome, be well, and uh, see you on Monday for another one. Bye now.